Hello, and welcome to the 20-Minute Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you're having a great day. I'm Liam from Reach Interactive, and on the show, I chat with marketers and business owners on a range of topics that cover things like SEO, content marketing, paid ads, socials, and more. Today's episode is number 48 of the show, and I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Eddie Malouf, who is joining us from Atlanta today. So hi, Eddie. How's it going? Hey, Liam. I'm great. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Not a problem. Thanks for joining us. So could you spend a minute introducing yourself and for media marketing to our listeners, please? Yeah, so uh, my name is Eddie Malouf. I'm the owner of a business called Four Media Marketing. Uh, we specialize in uh, younger businesses doing half a million a year to about 15 million a year in business. Uh, we help them basically create their whole paid acquisition strategy as well as their content game. We have a lot of lead gen and local businesses on one side, and then the other half of our business is primarily focused on the e-commerce space since it's such a booming space right now um, and helping them kind of solve these problems that most other agencies don't because other people just kind of focus on the ad side and how are we going to run ads and make money. Whereas we focus on the overall marketing strategy um, and tracking conversion and acquisition costs across the board rather than just through one channel. Awesome. I think it's interesting that you focus on conversion tracking and overall paid acquisition strategy, which is going to be the focus of our conversation during this episode. So let's get started. So Four Media Marketing specializes in creating paid acquisition strategies for businesses through multi-channel. At a basic level, how would you describe multi-channel and what are some of the things that work really well and maybe some bad things that you've seen too? Yeah, so multi-channel, I mean, is just as simple as it sounds. It's just running traffic from different sources to your website or to your business, whatever it is, and basically acquiring customers through those channels, whether it's, you know, Facebook and YouTube or Facebook and Google and YouTube and Snapchat and Pinterest. There's just so many different sources online right now that people are using, mainly search engines and social media bases, as well as marketing. And, you know, as you're very familiar with text, text message marketing as well, all these things are super beneficial, but, you know, each business based on where their customers are actually hanging out or spending the most time is going to be you know, benefiting more from certain sources over other sources. So that being said, the biggest mistake I see, and this goes to companies that are, you know, to, to a lot of people, this is like a very big business, right? Someone that does like a million dollars a month, I still see them make the same exact mistakes. And what's happening is each one of these platforms that people are using, whether it's Facebook ads, Snap, let's just use a few. So let's just use Facebook, Snapchat, and Google to make it simple. Because uh, I see most people trying to get into those uh, from a paid ad standpoint. Um, and by Facebook, just to clarify for everyone listening, I mean, Facebook and Instagram, they just go through the same ads manager. So I'm just going to kind of group them as one. And what most people do is they run traffic from Facebook, they run their traffic from Google, you know, maybe some YouTube, they run their traffic from Snapchat, even emails, and they're, they're tracking each source individually from a KPI standpoint. So they're looking at Facebook and they're saying, okay, you know, we're getting 33.5 times ROI on our, on our dollars being spent here. And then they'll go look at Google and they'll say, Hey, we're getting, you know, 5.0 times ROI on Google. And then they'll look at Snapchat and saying, we're getting 2.0 ROI. But what most people don't take into account is that each one of these platforms has their own individual attribution model, meaning they track 
their own traffic. They don't track other people's traffic as well. So what I mean by that is, you know, if someone goes to Facebook, right, and sees your ad and then seven days, let's just say, you know, 15 days later, decides to go on Google and search for you and clicks one of your ads because they saw you on Facebook two weeks ago, Google and Facebook are going to credit themselves for that purchase. And so what a lot of people are doing is actually miscalculating how much ROI is on each platform uh, because they're just looking at them as a whole rather than actually tracking them individually because these platforms aren't going to consider other platforms. They're going to be selfish and they want you to spend the most on their platform. So they're going to track everything they possibly can as a conversion based on what you've set as the attribution goal. So the biggest mistake I think people make is not segmenting these in the data, which we can kind of dive into here after this conversation. They don't segment them and they read each individual ads manager by themselves, uh, which without realizing it quickly can turn into a big mess thinking you have a 3.5 times ROI and then down the road realizing you have a two ROI. That's a game changer in a company, especially when you're doing hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. I'm really glad that you brought up conversion tracking because it's a topic that we haven't really covered on the show. As you've mentioned, companies make big budgeting decisions based on the data inside their paid ads accounts. So that data has to be correct and accurate. And it might be quite easy for high value, low volume companies to spot inconsistencies. But for your high volume companies, such as e-commerce sites, it will be very difficult if they're dealing with thousands of conversions each month. So what are some of the ways that businesses can set up their reporting and analytics correctly then? So first thing, it's just simply segmenting the data better through UTM code. So um, they're called URL parameters is what most people call them. And uh, you can look into them a lot more, but basically on each platform, they give you the ability to put these in. And what they are is just tracking tags essentially at the end of a link. So if you, you know, just on a simple level, if you ever shared something to a friend um, and you share a link through a site and you message it to them, you'll see in the link, it'll say, you know, for example, liamquinn.com slash Facebook share, for example. And so that is actually a URL parameter because what that's doing is when you go to divide the data on the back end, it tells you the source that this click came from was a share from Facebook, for example. And a lot of these platforms, you know, like Facebook does a good job automatically tagging it so that when people go to your site and you go into your Google analytics, you can see that, you know, this many people came from social or Facebook, this many people came from organic Google search because Google analytics obviously owns, you know, they're one with Google so they can track that quickly. But you want to manually put those in, you want to put in, you know, what campaign they're coming from, you want to put in what source they're coming from. That's really the main priority. Because for example, when you go to run traffic on Snapchat, let's say, and you want to run ads on Snapchat, Snapchat doesn't automatically have a native way to tell your analytics. And when I mean analytics, I'm referring to Google Analytics. And if you're listening to this, you know, we don't have too much time to dive into Google Analytics as a whole, but that is an absolute necessity in your business, especially, especially if you're running e-commerce. And even if you're a local business, I notice all the local businesses we work with can know how busy they're going to be the next day based on their Google Analytics traffic. So they're checking their Google Analytics traffic and seeing what's happening on their site and phone calls. And that'll determine what the next 24 hours will look like and how to staff. So it does play both sides. Uh, but back to the original topic of UTM codes. Basically, for example, Snapchat doesn't automatically tell your analytics that, hey, this traffic's coming from Snapchat. The analytics actually doesn't even know where that's coming from. It just sees that there are clicks. So when you go into your analytics, it's going to register as unknown, for example. So what you need to make sure you do, and you know, you can probably type this in on Google for any platform, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, but it's usually in the last steps when you're building the ad, right under the ad itself, you'll see URL parameters. And then you can type in, you know, campaign source 
And then you can put Snapchat, for example, you can put Facebook, uh, you can put Google, whatever it is that's coming from, because what's going to happen is you're going to go back to your Google analytics later on, and you're going to see, you know, where you thought Snapchat was getting a 3.2 X ROI. It's actually only getting a 2.5 X because a lot of the conversions that came from Snapchat actually came through Facebook, but it was within a couple of days of coming through Snapchat. Snapchat's giving itself credit as well. When you go through Google Analytics, it's going to break down each channel. So you're going to see the whole customer journey. You're going to see which conversions came because someone searched you up on Facebook, then they left, then they clicked on Snapchat ad, and then they searched you up, you know, manually on Google three days later, and that's how they purchased. So understanding your whole customer journey and what's actually contributing, you know, on Google Analytics, you can quickly divide just based on putting these URL parameters, understand and divide kind of the data so that you know what each segment of your marketing is actually bringing in. Um, and you can kind of better engage which channels are actually being the most profitable for you because they will all contribute together. And, you know, just like I said in the beginning, and I'm going to say this again, they're each going to take credit for their own because Google wants you to spend the most money on Google. Facebook wants you to spend the most money on Facebook and Snapchat wants you to spend the most money on Snapchat. And the only way to do that is to give the attribution and the credit for the ads and the conversions to themselves because that's all that they can track. But you as a business owner can track it all individually through Google Analytics. And uh, I think that'll be a game changer moving forward. And if you are a marketing agency or you are a business owner, both ways, the business that you're working on will be so appreciative of this because it is the next level of data and metrics that I'd say more than 95% of people who are actually doing things online are not tracking because it's too difficult or they just don't know about it. It's crazy how many people know how to run ads um, and they know what's profitable and what's not based on the ads manager. But behind the scenes, they don't really know what's going on from an attribution standpoint across platforms. So I think it's definitely a necessity that people kind of start there. Absolutely. So if anyone is listening that isn't quite sure whether their reporting is set up correctly, then hopefully now you have some more knowledge and you're able to check and track those things. If you do get stuck, then there are lots of great resources on UTM tracking, URL parameters and analytics. All you need to do is a quick Google search. Yeah, 100%. And I'll, I'll challenge anyone who's listening that's running multi-channel marketing, let's just say to, a, to an e-commerce store, because it's the easiest way to figure it out. If you're running to an e-commerce store and you go on your Facebook ads manager and you check how much have you made from Facebook ads last month, and then you go to Google and you go to Snapchat, all the other places, you go to email and you add up what they're all saying you're making and you go back to your store, I promise you the number that you added up of all the ads managers is higher than what you're actually making in your store. And it's because many platforms and multi-channels are contributing to the same conversions and they're each giving themselves 100% credit for the conversion. Whereas on analytics, you can split to share the conversion credit. So where if someone comes through Facebook and Google later on, then you can split that in half, for example. Whereas if you're going to add it up by platform, it's going to be much more than what you're actually making. And this is good for a business owner to know, obviously, but as marketing agencies too, if you're listening and you're a marketing agency, like it's so important to know because you might just be doing the Facebook ads and the business owner has someone else doing Google ads, for example, they're telling him, you know, they made hundred K this month. You're telling them you made another hundred K, but their store says 150 K something's going on here. So if you can kind of lead the way on that and take control of that from the beginning and find those data points, I think whoever you're working with will appreciate it and look at you as much more of an expert and kind of appreciate that you're not just trying to fluff your stats, but you're looking at the business as a whole, not just the channel that you're marketing for them. So we've covered reporting in quite a bit of detail now. So I think it would be a good time to move on. Once tracking is done, what can people do to ensure they're getting the most out of multi-channel marketing campaigns? 
Um, so first of all, um, very at a very basic level, you want to understand the platform that you're working on. So many people are on Facebook and Instagram all day. They don't really get on Pinterest. They don't get on Snapchat. And each one of these people have a whole nother behavior and a way that they think. And so before you even do anything, and um, I know you're involved from the content marketing side for your business, Liam, so you, you understand this, you guys need to first and foremost understand what are users looking for on that platform? Because the same exact brand that we're running uh, Facebook, Instagram ads on, and we're running Snapchat ads on have a completely different look of their ads, even though it's the same brand. You know, a lot of people are concerned with like, I want my brand to, to feel like this. And that's totally good and totally acceptable. And there's no reason not to do that. But when you vary channels as well, the viewer has a completely different expectation of what their experience should look like on that channel. And if you're not feeling native to that channel, even if it's going to cost you a little bit of branding, I think it's going to hurt you a lot. So I think it's very important first and foremost, from the content side to figure out what the channel actually requires for you to do to be able to convert and look native. Now that being said, I'll kind of list an order in case you haven't run marketing on multi channels of how much content you actually need. So what's the easiest to run on immediately? I think um, Google is the easiest just because you just need to type words. You don't need to actually have graphics. Um, number two would be Facebook and Instagram, in my opinion, just because it's very easy to run the ads, very easy to target. Uh, but also you can run photo ads. You don't need to run video ads. Although, you know, I 100% recommend you run video ads for hundreds of reasons that we don't have time to discuss, but you definitely want to run video ads, but you can run photo ads. And I've seen some of our biggest clients actually have much more success with photo ads and video ads for some reason. So that'd be number two. Then I'd say Pinterest would probably be the third one, just because you can also also run photo ads. It's just like much more of a headache and attribution wise, it takes a lot more time to get a sale from Pinterest rather than like someone who's just searching on Google or seeing something on Facebook, just because this goes back to the behavior of the consumer that's on that platform. People on Pinterest are planning. They're not shopping or taking, you know, quick decisions. So you want to take that into account. And then the last one, I think that the hardest one to do just because it's all nine by 16 vertical videos is Snapchat. And you just want to be very conscious of the content that you're creating. And I think a lot of people, especially younger businesses overdo the difficulty that it is to make some content from your phone. And so if you do want to expand multi-channel, I highly recommend starting with the easiest ones that I listed first and then working your way up to the more difficult ones that you probably understand less because you use them less, but also are more difficult to use just due to the creative side of things that are required. And so I always start all our, all our clients on Facebook and Google because I know that's the quickest turnaround. That's the no matter what resources they have, we can find a way to run ads on both of those platforms. And then we can scale it up from there. And if you are listening, this is kind of towards the end of 2020 and Q4, I will give you a quick advice. If you are an e-commerce business and you're not running Google shopping or Google search campaigns, you're missing out on what is a much bigger opportunity than Facebook ads at this time. And it requires no creatives. It requires literally one day of setting up things. And quite frankly, from there, it's pretty automated. And I think your business is probably missing out on a lot of things just because you're comfortable running Facebook ads. I think you should definitely start venturing into the multi-channel. And the first one should definitely be Google. I'm sure you can imagine the amount of data that they have, but it all comes down to the ease of doing it. You don't need creatives. You don't need to compete with Coca-Cola on the creative side. All you got to do is just write some text and then all of a sudden you are in the in the works of competing with bigger brands because it's all text-based. So, Some great points there. And yeah, it really is easy to get started with Google Ads now. It's also worth mentioning that smaller companies can use sites like Canva or Unsplash to create some great visuals if they don't have a designer or the finances to potentially outsource. 
Just a heads up, be sure to check the terms and conditions if you are using stock images, some of them do have restrictions. You mentioned that we're in Q4 now of a pretty wild year for advertising and businesses in general. I'd be interested to hear if you've changed your multi-channel strategy or if you've made any adjustments this year that listeners might gain value from. Yeah, um, first of all, um, just due to the conditions of 2020 and everything's kind of online and everyone now more than ever is trying to sell stuff online from like their homes and stuff like that. Facebook is just a super competitive space because that's where everyone goes, uh, which brings me back to my point about Google. I definitely think you should be adventuring extremely aggressively into Google. We literally, and this is going to sound unrealistic to people, but we have clients who on Facebook are three times ROA and on Google are 27 times ROA at hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And that's just because no one understands that space well. And if you can get a grasp on it quickly, it's not going to take that long it's not as complex as Facebook. The optimization is a little bit different, but like setup wise, it's not that hard. I would 100% dive into that as quickly as possible. If you want resources to look up, I would look into Google Merchant Center first and then Google ads so that you can connect the two and have like a product feed on there. Uh, but that is that is definitely like been a game changer in our business. And then also from a multi-channel marketing perspective, you need to start, you know, embracing that that thought of multi-channel right now more than ever because everyone's competing on the same channels. And so if you can be kind of omnipresent across the internet for pennies on the dollar, whether it's through retargeting on other platforms or whatnot, um, you will have a huge advantage. But for us, the big game changers have been Google ads and content. So we actually, you know, we, we were kind of so fed up, uh, just to give you background, Liam, with the content side of things because everyone lacks content. Like you can never have enough content that we just decided to open a whole division in our business for content so that we can start shooting all our clients content to help that. And I've seen ROAs on accounts that do a lot of money, literally the same targeting, the same text, the same everything, just a different creative, just a different video, a different photo, something that we made rather than the client go from like seven or $8 per purchase to like a $350, $250 per purchase. You're talking like less than half, sometimes a third of the cost to acquire a customer. And the only difference, like we have not changed a single variable except the actual photo or video itself. The headline's the same, the words are the same, the website's the same, the targeting is the same, the you know acquisition strategy is the same, um, just the creative is different. So if you are listening to this and you're running multi-channel marketing, I really urge you to start prioritizing the creative in your business business. Just like Liam here is prioritizing the podcast. This is another multi-channel source for to bring people together and to bring value to everyone. Uh, you need to be doing the same for your business and figuring out what those channels are and how to create the content that's best fitting for them. Because one year from listening to this podcast, if you do that, I think your business will see a change that you, you didn't imagine that it could have before. I saw a statistic this week on the drum that said 35% of B2B marketers struggle to produce enough content this year to reach and engage with audiences. So I think it's interesting that you brought up content because it's a conversation that I think a lot of people can relate to right now. And yeah, sometimes it's just hard to create engaging content with all the noise out there. But I think a combination of great content, SEO and paid ads should definitely be the goal. So thanks for sharing some stuff on paid ads and multi-channel during this main section. There's definitely a lot of value in your answer, especially the reporting element. So we're going to close out this main section right here and finish with two fun questions to close out. So this final section of the episode includes two quick questions that are more focused on Eddie's career and general tips that he can share. The first question that I ask guests is, do you have a fun or memorable story that jumps out when you look back on your career? 
Definitely. So this is for everyone who is kind of on the fence of taking a jump and betting on themselves. My story, uh, just a quick summary of how I actually started heavily into marketing. I dabbled with it online beforehand before people kind of got into it. But when I really went hard, uh, it was a huge risk on my part. So I was working a job, like a corporate job, and they were promoting me kind of every like two, three months because they saw kind of the success that I was bringing to the company. In the same interview where they offered me another job, which was like a huge like salary jump, which like at the age of you know however young I was I think I was like 21 at the time is like, like a huge deal and uh, instead of accepting that job I kind of thought to myself you know I'm young I, I don't I don't think money is the issue right now I think growth is the issue so I said let me think on it I went to lunch I called my father I knew he had a family business um, that was doing well but I know I could make it do a lot better if I experimented with the marketing that I thought I knew and I took a pay cut to go and work with my father as the marketing guy in the company to run all the marketing. And that was the beginning of my journey. Like sometimes you just got to really take a loss. And a lot of people kind of see me now in my circle and they just see kind of what I'm doing and the offices that we're building and, you know, the the staff that we're hiring and all these things. Uh, but they don't realize that this all kind of started with a decision that I, I would think 99% of people would never take. And I think that was, it's not a fun story, but it's definitely memorable because it kind of shaped who I am today. Um, and it changed a lot of decisions. It changed, you know, I look back on it. I would have never been able to, you know, marry my wife if I took the other path because of certain circumstances. Um, there's just so many other decisions that were affected by that. And I don't think many people take that risk in hopes that they learn something new. And that was a big leap. So, you know, if you're listening to that, I hope that you are able to go and kind of take a bet on yourself and risk a little bit more on yourself, not on another company or on stocks or things like this, but on yourself, because um, the world's opportunities are a lot bigger than you think they are right now. Yeah, that's a great story and definitely one of the most inspirational that we've had on the show. The final question that I ask before we close out the episode is, do you have a favorite resource that may help other marketers or business owners? I got two answers to this. My actual favorite resource, like on a daily or weekly basis is YouTube. Thanks to everyone that's providing so much value, just like you are with podcasts. There's just so much stuff on YouTube and almost every question I have gets answered. But if there's one book that I would recommend to anyone that actually has a business, uh, this isn't like a motivational book or anything like that. It's strictly like actual tangible advice on growing a team, growing a business, executing. And it's taken from people that took companies from nothing to hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars in and selling them and how they grew the team, how they did it quickly, how they managed their cash flow, things like that. It's called Scaling Up. It's by a guy named Vernie Harnish. Uh, and the title, the actual title, I think is like Scaling Up, How a Few Companies Make It and Why the Rest Don't. It's a purple cover. You can't miss it. It's a pretty big book. Um, but if you are a business owner, I think it's a very uh, humbling book to understand kind of how other people are doing it and what's actually scalable. Um, not just like you hiring another person, but like thinking more at scale. We're five people now. We want to get to 50. How are we going to do that and not have this thing fall apart? Cool. Yeah, YouTube definitely has a lot of value that gets overlooked. And thanks for the book recommendation. You can also find out more from Eddie by checking out his Brilliant Marketers program, which offers marketing classes and content in more depth. He's also on Instagram and you can find him by searching at Eddie Maloof. So we're going to close out this episode right here. Thanks for joining us and being a great guest, Eddie. Thank you. Not a problem. And yeah, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. And we'll be back next week with episode 49. That is going to feature two guests and be a really fun one.